But guess what? I'm glad that you guys are here and ready to go. What better place to be on a Sunday morning than in the house of God? So let's sing this morning if you guys would like to stand. We're going to sing, uh, sing, He Set Me Free. Like a bird in prison, I dwell. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and listened to me. Glory to God, He set me free. He set me free, yeah, He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. Glory found by Jesus to see. Glory to God, He set me free. Now I am in higher each day. Darkness at night has drifted away. My feet are planted on higher ground. Glory to God, I'm homeward bound. He set me free, yes, He set me free. He broke the bonds of reason for me. I'm glorified by Jesus to see. Glory to God, He set me free. Goodbye to sin and things that confound. Not of this world can turn me around. Daily I'm working, I'm praying to. God's house. Amen? Amen. It seems a little quieter if you notice uh, that most of the bikers, you know how we had last week that patching service? Well, today is a a patching in, we always go and support the folks in that church. So they're patching in another one at another church in San Antonio. And I notice now that they're gone, I didn't hear all the hoots and hollers and amen. So now I know who the bad guys are. (laughs) We're going to have to point that out to them or y'all going to have to step it up one way or the other. I don't know which way. I can do that because I is one, that's right. <laughs> Amen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. We do have a lot of folks who are out ill this morning. We got a couple in the hospital. We got our, our motorcyclists that are, are traveling. There's a, a, lot, a big contention of people that aren't here today. So let's lift them up in prayer as we open. Good to see everybody, but let's go to God this morning together. Father God, 
I do come before you and thank you for this opportunity we can gather together in your house. Father, and I just thank you that, that you are God here with those who are home ill in the hospitals, with our guys who are riding their motorcycles in the SA. You are God in all these places at the same time, and you love each one of us equally so. So, Father, I just pray your word go forth this day, whether it be through a song, through a word, through, the, through a message, wherever it may be. May you just touch the hearts that need to be touched. May we hear your message spoken into our hearts and into our minds. Wherever we are, may you make your presence known. And may we give you all praise, honor, and glory. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Guys, it's good seeing everybody, as I said. I do want to throw this caveat out there real quick. I do not want to buy into the hype of the coronavirus and stuff as far as shaking hands and hugging. However, there are some who are ill. Please be conscientious, but still go hug, shake a hand, whatever you like, but be conscientious. If somebody says this, go ahead and give them their space as well. Amen? But tell everybody it's good to see them in God's house this morning. your singing? Huh? Did I interrupt your song? No. Okay. My mic threw me off by it being on. I was like, okay, now what, what am I doing? <laughs> All right, we do have a few announcements this morning, guys, as we gather back to our seats. Our VBS meeting is next Sunday. If you are interested in being a part of Vacation Bible School, if you missed the last meeting, 
That's okay. I mean, um, I shouldn't say that's okay because it's not my meeting. However, if you still would like to be a part of Vacation Bible School, please come and make the next meeting, which is next Sunday following the service. Also, the Blue Bonnet Parade's coming up on the 28th, and we could still use donations and such to the to the float. Now, Annie could not be here today. She had more oral surgery, and uh, she asked if we would keep her in our prayers as well, but keep praying for the, the parade that's coming up. Also, state VBS training is on that same day, March 28th, so I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. So whether it's the, the training for VBS, they'll talk about that next Sunday after the service. So VBS trainings are coming up. If you'd like to be a part of Vacation Bible School, it's getting closer. It's time to start laying that thing, those things out. And then also the parade that's coming up. One more thing I want to mention. We talked last week some, about the van that we had bought for the, the orphanage and praise the Lord for that. We're going to be putting up a a type of sign to show that we are giving to that to re- replenish those funds that we spent to buy that van for them. But also, too, there were some visitors last week that asked, how come we do not pass a plate? So let me explain that to you real quick, because I very rarely mention tithing here in the church, but I want to make sure you understand that is an, a, an act of obedience between you and the Lord, but it's, to me, it's not something that I should shame you into doing. It's something that we give freely and willingly out of our heart and between us and God. For that reason, there's columns at the front down there. It says prayer and offering columns. You can tear off this little side piece of your of your bulletin if you got prayer requests or information that you'd like to fill out and drop that in there or and or if God's laid on your heart to tithe and to give you can drop that in there as well you can go in and out whenever you come through that's between you and God but we do have the tithing columns in the front and that's what that's towards now back to the van if you want to tithe and give over and above towards the van Please mark that on your check how much is for each one so that uh, Michelle, the treasurer, can know how to allocate the funds that you give to the church to to reach into that. Okay, I think that's enough of that. I'm going to ask Pat to come on up. Let me pray with you, brother. Father God, I do lift up Pat to you this morning. Just ask the Lord that you just give him the words to say. And as we hear, that we hear you through him who our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. We had our men's Bible study uh, this Wednesday, and I'd, for men who uh, are not currently participating, you're certainly welcome to come join us at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. And one of the topics we talked about um, this past week reminded me of a couple items that, that have a lot in common. Uh, this is actually uh, a young man in the Carn City Church, or uh, who goes to the Carn City Church, tied a couple of flies for me, a couple of fishing flies for fly fishing. And I got to thinking about that, and he said, you know, that has a lot of similarity to a can of corn. Can anybody tell me what the similarity is? Bingo! Bingo! So what is the corn used for, Tim? <laughs> All right, so... I, no, I was thinking, I was thinking about this because in our, in our Bible study, we were talking some about temptation and how the devil's plans have not changed from the beginning of this world. I mean, he, he's always there to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's always there subverting God's word and, and leading us astray. And I mean, and I got to thinking, you know, isn't that exactly what 
a fishing fly, and actually where the corn comes in is um, you can use corn as fish bait for trout. And I don't, it, it mimics something that they normally eat, but you can put a piece of corn on a fish hook and throw it out there and bring a trout in. It, it, I guess it, I guess it somewhat mimics salmon eggs. I don't know. I, I mean, unless, unless you, I don't see many trout swimming through cornfields grazing, but, <laughs> but it does work. And, and the thing is, is, just, just as a fishing lure, I mean, there's always a hook and a barb involved. And just as when you pull that fish out, it leads him right into the fire. And guess what? When the, when the Lord gets his barbs, in, I mean, when the devil gets his barbs in us, where does it lead us? Right into the fire. Right? But there is a verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. And it says, if you think you're stranding strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted more than you can stand when you are tempted. He will show you a way out so you can endure. I just think it's so good that even though we have someone out there throwing these temptations in front of us and subverting and making what looks delicious be something that leads us into a fire, God said, I'm there with you. And I can show you a way out. And Jesus Christ is that way. Amen. Well, let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for being a God who is faithful, Lord. And even in our toughest times, Lord, that you're there standing. And Lord, you give us a way out. And Lord, sometimes we do fall. And you know that you, you've given us a way to even take care of that, Lord, through your son, Lord. And through repentance. And Lord, just through your mercy. Lord, I just pray that when those temptations come, Lord, that we recognize them for what we are. We don't look at them as something desirous and delicious, but, Lord, that we look at them as exactly what they are, Lord, leading into the fire. And just pray that you'll give us the wisdom and strength to endure those. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this morning. I am not skilled to understand What God has willed, what God has planned I only know where His right hand Stands one who is my Savior I take Him at His word and me Christ died to save me this I And in my heart I finally For Him to be my Savior That He will leave His place on high And come for sinful man to die strength so once did I before I knew my Savior my Savior loves my Savior lives my Savior's always there for me my God
this one a couple weeks back and it might sound repetitive at first but the repetitiveness is purposeful because it causes you to lean in and the way that God is working these things in your life and if you're finding emptiness in these words lean in harder Touching every heart, 
church. You are. God, thank you for this time, and thank you that it is who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Grab your Bibles this morning. You can put your finger at the front and the back. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter, I mean, excuse me, Exodus chapter 20 at the front. We'll be in Revelation chapter 2 at the end. Actually, we're going to do it and vice versa of that, but still, front and back. While you're turning there this morning, let me just share a uh, a story with you. One day in Jackson, Alabama, a guy sees a sign out in front of somebody's house and it says, talking dog for sale. And he's intrigued. What do you mean a talking dog for sale? So he stops, he pulls over, he goes in, talks to the man and says, "Um, your sign says there's a talking dog. And he says, yeah, you know, my name's Bubba and I have a dog in the back. He talks, you know, but he's for sale. And the guy says, what are you trying to say? He says, go in the backyard and you'll see him. So he goes in the backyard. He walks up to the dog and he sees this beautiful black lab sitting there. He says, do you talk? And the lab says, yes, I do. And the guy steps back a little bit. He looks at the dog. So what's your story? You know, who, 
What, what is, I've never seen this before. I've never seen a talking dog. What, what's your story here? And the, and the lab looks up at him and says, well, you know, I discovered this gift really young in life. And, and I decided I wanted to help the government. So I went and applied and I, I joined the CIA and told them about my gift. And in no time they had me jetting from one country to another country, sitting in these rooms with all these spies and world leaders because no one figured a dog could be eavesdropping and sharing what they were talking about. I was one of their most valuable spies. For eight years I was a CIA spy, but you know, I was getting tired. So I quit being a spy and, and came back and I decided that jetting around was just too much. I, I decided I'm not getting any younger and I need to slow down. So I applied at the airport. Well, at the airport, I was doing undercover work, security work. I'd, I'd walk around these, these, uh, these people that looked suspicious. And I uncovered an, an incredible amount of, of nefarious dealings. There was just things going on all over the place. I was awarded all these medals. You know, and I had a wife and I had a batch of puppies. And, you know, I'm... I was just tired and decided I was going to retire. You know, I'm just done. And so I found this fellow here and moved into his backyard. Well, you know, he's just amazed. He's like, this is incredible. So he goes back up front and he, he goes up above and says, that dog is incredible. How much are you selling him for? And he said, $10. He said, $10? Why on earth would you be selling him so cheap? Why? I just can't imagine. He's a liar. He didn't do any of those things he told you he did. <laughs> I have to say, when that was sent to me this week, I thought it was pretty cute. But I also thought there's a message in there as well. And, and you may say, well, what kind of message could you get out of that? But think about it. It's pretty clear from what that story was saying was liars aren't worth very much. Even if it is a talking dog. And sometimes our speech and the things we say hurt more than it helps. Especially if we get caught up into the lying aspect of it. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 2. I want you to look at something here. Notice Revelation chapter 2, verse 2. It says, I know your works, your labor, and your endurance. And that you cannot tolerate evil. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not. And you have found them to be liars. Notice that last half. Who call themselves apostles and are not. And you have found them to be liars. Folks, the message God's kind of laid on my heart this morning to share. Remember when I preach, I'm preaching at myself as well. And I think we all have fallen into this boat at one time or another in one facet or another. But what God kind of projected into my mind this week to, to share with you guys is that as Christians, we are called to do more than just say that we are Christians. We are called more to do more than just wear the Christian t-shirts and the, and the necklaces and maybe even get those Christian tattoos some people do. Whatever it is, God has called us to do more than just show it. He said, I would tell you to go out there and actually live it. Don't just speak the words. Go out there and live out these words. Do we consistently as Christians speak the words and unfortunately ignore the facts that go with them because I'm afraid that oftentimes we do we do we'll say this or that but then act in another way or we'll do things that shows that we are not what we claim 
to be. You know, I can stand in your garage and make all kinds of car noises and say that I'm a car. It's not doesn't make it so. It might be funny. You might put it on YouTube, but it still doesn't make me a car. I can stand in your swimming pool and tell you I'm the greatest swimmer in the world, but that doesn't make me a swimmer at all until I at least start paddling, right? It's the same thing in our Christianity. It's the same thing in our faith walk. We can say all kinds of things, but it's not until we put it in action that it shows itself, until we start paddling, if you will, as Christians before we can say that we are Christians. Unfortunately, we have become a people that has just taken for granted that, that this is the way it is. We, we look at the world around us and we look at all the, the lies that is going on in the world around us and we just think, well, that's just the way it is. That's the way we are supposed to leave, live. In fact, unfortunately, people, I think, no longer even care about lying anymore. It's just life. We accept it now. And it doesn't bother us. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it's always been. It's always going to be all about these lies. We don't get upset anymore when, when someone exaggerates or falsifies or fabricates. We don't get upset anymore when someone misrepresents the truth one way or another. We, we, we live in a day where we have all the, we're bombarded with, with erased emails and, and tampering with evidence and illicit cover-ups and padded resumes and exaggerated ads. We have all this going on around us to the point, even as Christians, we think, well, that's just normal. That's the way I'm supposed to live too. We have come to a point where we, we, we've pretty much given up on truth even being told to us. Now, we all have our, our, what would you call it, our, our little pet names for it. We'll say, oh, it's white lies. Or that's a bold-faced lie. Oh, well, you know, I'm just flattering. Oh, no, that's slander. We have all these names we put on there. But really, we have come to the point where we just expect to be lied to. And sadly, that includes our leaders in our, in our government, too. We just expect them all. We just inherently say, well, they're all lying anyway. Lying is just a, a part of life, and therefore it just rolls off our tongue just as well. And guys, I've been there. But that's not what God's called us to say and do. He has called us to live out what we claim to be. But lying has become so natural in the world around us that we don't even think about our story oftentimes anymore. We just, we just say it. It just comes. It's just what, what, the way it is. We, we'll look at an ad, we'll go to, uh, you, know, you know, just last night I stopped at a Sonic and that hamburger looks real good on that picture. It never looks like that when you get it. And it sure don't taste like that. We just don't even expect it, or, or we'll sit down at a restaurant, I wish it would actually look like that. We have our mind made up for it, ever comes to us, it's not going to be what it is. Did you hear that politician on TV? You know that it's a lie, and it may be just flat out true, but we've got our mind thinking that everything is a lie around us, and what happens is, rather than founding and basing ourselves on the facts and the truth of the Word of God, we start basing who we are on the world's lies, and then we start lying right along with the world. In Exodus chapter 20, and you know where I'm going here, verse 16, what's that number ninth commandment right there? Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not give your false testimony against your neighbor. This is important, guys. Technically, this commandment deals with testimony in the court of law and, and the impact on the judicial system. But guys, this, this, this really works throughout our entire life. There are some incredibly vast implications 
when we are not telling the truth to, to our everyday lives as well. There are ramifications that, that float through everything we do. While, while we may not have to worry about false testimony, you may say, well, I'm, I'm never in a court of law. This, this law, this commandment still applies. In our everyday life, it still applies. Now, the technical side of this, we'll, we'll deal with that first of this commandment. We're not to give false testimony in legal proceedings. We're not supposed to, to speak uh, uh, untruths in legal situation in the legal system of the Old Testament in any society really is based on honesty and, and, and trustworthiness of those who participate in the system that's what makes it work just think what would happen if, if we couldn't trust the people who testify oh yeah we're already there we already see it happening. We already hear about the lies and the dishonesty in the courts today. Guys, just because it's in the courts and just because it may become happenstance in the world around us does not mean that as Christians we should partake of that. We should not be a part of that problem. We can think of examples today of people who have given false testimony. But I would subject, submit to you today that we should be the outlier. As Christians, we should try to the best of our ability to watch our mouths and not get pulled into that. And I'm going to take it to the, to the other side of that as well. I would submit to you that suppressing the truth is just as bad. When we have information that by not sharing it causes someone to be injured, whether it be emotionally, spiritually, physically, materially, intellectually, financially, however it may be, if we withhold truth about the situation, I think that's just as much a crime towards that commandment. Well, pastor, what are you talking about? When we get caught up in the gossip, when we start hearing people sharing stories and we know it's not true, one, that's the lies coming into play again. And two, if you don't interject the truth into that situation, well, that's just not my business. I'm not going to say anything. And that person is going to be hurt by that gossip or that lie. Well, what will they think of me? I'll lose my friends. Well, what if I try to interject truth here, that's just going to upset the apple cart. Folks, when we suppress truth and others are getting injured by it, to me, that's the same thing as lying. And we have been called to be a people that grow together as a family. And as a family, we wouldn't do that to one another. Think about it. Imagine someone knowing the truth about a situation where you were erroneously implicated and they didn't say anything. You're thinking in your mind, well, I know so-and-so knows the truth. They'll step out and they'll defend me. They'll step out and they'll say this or they'll say that so I can be freed. But yet you sit there and you sit there and they never come to your aid. Folks, I would say to you this morning that we have been given that obligation. And when it says that we are to not bear false witness, that means to intercede in the midst of the false witness as well. As Christians, we have been called to a higher plane. That line, yes, it is, it is rampant all around us. And it's nothing new. It has been around since the, since the Garden of Eden, Amen. But what message are we passing along to our children? What message are we passing along to our grandchildren when we engage in, in ripping other people apart with untruths? That's lying. Oh, no, pastor. That, I was just telling a funny story about them. If it hurts them and tears them down, that's not funny anymore. If you're sharing a story you don't know the facts or the truth about, then you're submitting yourself right into the lie. Or even worse, if you knew, do know the facts or the truth and you let it go anyway, you're breaking that commandment at the beginning because you're bearing false witness by omission. 
By not interjecting that, no, that's not what really happened. I saw what really happened. Or have you gone to and asked them, well, no, I didn't go talk to them. Then why in the world would you be saying anything? You become a part of the problem rather than a part of the solution. What messages are we giving our our children when we engage in ripping people apart and spreading stories about people that they know? If they hear mom and dad go home after church on Sunday and say, did you see what sister so-and-so was wearing or what brother so-and-so did? Or did you hear what they said? Or what about that pastor? Let's eat some chopped pastor for a couple of hours now. What is that teaching our children? What our children should see is that, that, you know, I saw brother so-and-so doing this. I'm going to go address this. Brother so-and-so, what's going on here? I want to share the gospel. I want to speak to you about what I think the scripture may be laying out here. Whatever it may be, we need to start setting an example. And we need to start trying the apostles. And that begins with ourselves. And when we look in the mirror and we try the apostle, when we look into the mirror and start looking at who we say we are, are our actions matching what we say? And if not, call ourselves a liar in that mirror. Say, Father, forgive me, cleanse me, make me that man or woman of God you called me to be. So I can go back out into the world, back into my church family, back into my community and speak what you've told me to speak. Bottom line, folks, as Christians, we have been prohibited from lying. Now we all do it. Men, how many times your wife say, do I look good in this? <laughs> Next week, all the men are going to come in with black eyes. <laughs> in all seriousness, guys, we need to stop and think about the things we say and the things we do. The things we ask other people if we don't want to know the answers. We need to start thinking about that we have been called as Christians to step up a little bit higher than the world. You know, there's an old saying that a lie has no legs. What does that mean? You got to tell more lies to prop up the original lie. And originally, I mean, eventually you figure out it would have just been easier to begin with just to have told the truth and take my lumps and go on about my way. And trust the Lord with it. I've learned these lessons the hard way myself. And and I can share with you this morning. That's why the scripture laid it out so clearly. That it's better for us not to tell that story. That it's better that we try the apostles. Folks, stretching the truth doesn't make it last any longer. It's still going to get there. We need to stop as Christians and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Where would you have me to go? I don't want to lie like the rest of the world does. See, the, the lying is a, is a travesty that came into this because of the father of lies. It was Satan who brought lies, not God. Well, it's just a little white lie. The problem with even telling little white lies is oftentimes we start to become colorblind. They all start looking, well, it's just a little, it's just a little, it's just a little. And like Carla used to say, if I put a little cat poop in your brownies, are you going to eat them still? <laughs> Probably not. And if you do, you got a real problem with brownies. <laughs> no. It's best to try to excise that from your vernacular. To take that out of who you are daily, say, Lord, I have trouble with this. How can I get this out? We need to understand that lies come from the enemy himself. They're not of God at all. In John 8, you remember what Jesus said? He was looking out to the people. He said, Satan was a murderer from the very beginning. He does not stand on the truth because there is no truth in him. 
And he goes on to say, when he speaks, it is a lie because he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar from the father of all liars. In other words, lies, regardless whether you want to call them white or black, whether you want to call them flattery or slander, whatever it is, when we're telling untruths, that's not from God. And we need to stop and assess that in our lives. Well, pastor, you're being kind of hard on this right here. I'm saying it to myself just as much as to you. And this is what God's kind of laid on my heart. We need to become that Christian folks that, that are in, have integrity that when people look at us, they're going to say, no, he, this is what he's going to say. It's been around from the very beginning. When you go back to Genesis 3, who was the first one telling the lie? It was, uh, it was Satan. He was speaking to Eve. He said, oh, you know, God, he's just a killjoy. You know, it, All that stuff he said, it's not true. God is really actually afraid of you. God's just here to to stop all your fun. You really should just lie and play the world and go out there and have a good time. God doesn't want what's really best for you. God just wants to limit you. God wants to keep all the good stuff for himself. Those were the lies of Satan. And what happens? Eve buys it. And because she buys it, sin enters the world and her and Adam have to run and hide. Folks, it's the same thing in our lives today. Satan is trying to buffet us with, well, look, your leaders are lying. Your, your, your this is lying. The, the, the church is lying. This is lying. And they'll lay out all these lies out there. And we get to where we expect the lying to the point we say, well, we're expecting it from everyone else. Therefore, we'll just be a part of it. And that's when Satan has won. You've become Eve. And before you know it, you're running and you're hiding from God. Satan has not stopped. Pat shared that with us just a moment ago. He has not changed. He's still playing the same game. And the biggest lie that Satan uses is is right there against us. He tries to beat it into our heads that we cannot trust God. That God doesn't care about us. And just like all the world is lying around you, God is lying to you also. Folks, we need to go back to the word and ground ourselves on the foundation and the integrity of the word of God. And understand that though the world may be going that way, the world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Of course the world is going that way because Satan is the principality of the air of this world. But he who is above this world has chosen to give his life for me so that I can choose life and have life more abundantly. And because I choose life, I'm going to stand out in the mess of the world. I'm going to stand out as a, as a, a shining light in the darkness. And Satan's going to come and turn that light off. Who do you think you are? God doesn't care about you. And he's going to holler at you just like he hollered at Eve. And it should be our responsibility to go back to that mirror and try the apostles. Because what does God tell us? In, in, in John 10.10, 10, he says, I have come so that you may have life. I don't lie to you. I came so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And even when he left, he said, I go to prepare a place for you, not of this world. Not of hands of this world, so that when I return, I will call you onto myself, and we shall dwell together. So God has laid it out for you and I that there is a place much greater than this world. Sure, this world says let loose and just have all this fun, but Jesus said that the, 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 that Satan comes, the thief comes, as Pat shared a while ago, to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, he comes into our life to steal our heart, kill our faith, and destroy our hope, and he does so when we buy into the lies of this world. We will lose hope 
if we put our hope in our leaders of the world. We will lose hope if we put our hope in the salesman that's going to sell you this or that or the other. We will lose hope in society when we put our faith in society. But when I put my hope and my faith and my life in the hands of Jesus Christ, who said that I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly, I can have joy in the midst of the hopelessness and might even shine bright enough to share hope to steal some of them out of that hopelessness and put them on a pathway of righteousness. If we allow the lies of this world to dictate to us how we live, then we will fall by the wayside and burn and hide in the bushes. But if we will go out and try the apostles and share life and share hope and share grace and share mercy and let the world know that that all these lies, they're not of of our creator. The, The thing that's of our creator is grace and mercy and power. Given on to us. That's when things will change. Satan is here. To, he is going to lie, cheat, steal, and deceive to make you stumble and fall. He may not be able to steal your salvation, but if he can make you crash and burn and hide in the bushes, then maybe he'll keep some others in the darkness that God intended you to reach in and grab out. It all comes down to how you and I look at the world. The lies are there. I'm not going to try to say they don't exist. There's lies all over the place. But the thing is, we can on a daily basis choose that, yes, I was a liar. Yes, I chose to do those things. But as of today, I choose to walk in grace. Do you hear the words of hope that Jesus lays out there? I came so that you may have life. And it didn't stop there. He didn't say, I just want you to have a life that's simple and boring and old. He said, I came so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, when I choose not to walk the way of the world, but walk the way of Christ, I'm going to have life more abundantly. He came back to give us us the, the time of our lives. He came to give us grace in the midst. The greatest life imaginable. He came so that we can have more than we ever could imagine or dream of. And and you may be saying, but pastor, I barely make ends meet. I don't have all the meals and, 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 you know, and things just aren't going this way or that way in the world. But the great thing is, when you truly have sold out to Christ and put your faith in who you are in him, in the midst of the circumstances you're in, you'll have the peace and the joy of knowing that, man, in in a few more years, I'm going to be on the other side of glory. And I got 80 or 90 hard years here to rock this mission field. But one day I'm going to retire to the other side and be present with my Lord. And I am a joint heir to the throne of God, a joint heir to the kingdom of God. And I'm going to rule and reign with Christ. And I am a prince or a princess. And I am a son or a daughter of a king. And when I put my head and my mind around that, all the lies of this world all of a sudden melt away. Sure, my belly might grumble, but my heart's going to sing out. And that's what we have to focus. Amen. It's where our perspective is. If we put our perspective in men, men are going to fail you. And I've said this many a time. I try to the best of my ability to be the pastor that God has called me to be. But if you start putting me up on a pedestal, I'm going to guarantee you I will fall off and fail you at some point. I am just a man like anybody else. Just ask my wife. She'll give you a list. She already has. We need to talk. (laughs) Guys, you want to have joy? You want to have life and have it abundantly? Then it goes back to what it said in Revelation 2-2. Notice what he said. Right into the church of Ephesus. 
I know your works. I know your labor. I know your endurance and that you cannot tolerate evil. That is the Christian that's standing where he's supposed to be. That's the one who's standing upon God's word. That's the one who is chosen to accept God's way. He came to give us life that is more than we can imagine. But we have to choose that. We have to choose his way. Not our way. Not the world's way. Not Satan's way. Even though Satan's way may may make more sense, it seems, into the world. Because the world's already running that way. God says, you choose my way. And I see it and I know it. And because you tried the apostles... And you found those who to be, that were not following the faith, you found them to be liars. That was another thing. And that's something we can do for ourselves. The world can be a cruel place. It truly, truly can. But we must commit not to be a part of the world. When, when we tear someone else apart with our rumors and our gossip and our lies, we are not walking with the side of grace and mercy in Christ. When we choose to tear someone else apart rather than build them up, we are choosing to walk on the world's side rather than God's side. When we choose not to inject the truth that we know, we are choosing to the lie of the sin of omission and we're choosing to walk on the world's side. And frankly, I'll be honest with you, to me, that is one of the most cowardly forms of destruction because you're attacking a person that can't even defend themselves because they don't even realize you're doing it until it's already done. We need to get back to being a people that says, I'm going to wake up each morning and say, this is a day that the Lord hath made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. And because this is a day that he has made, I choose to base my day upon this and seek out his face. I try in the mornings to get a cup of coffee. You know, before I get out of bed, I say, this is a day the Lord hath made. And I'm getting to an age. That's about all you get till I have that first cup of coffee. (laughs) But after that, I sit down with that cup of coffee. I look into my Bible. And if I got to get up earlier, I got to get up earlier. But I go to the Bible and say, Lord, what would you have me to say? Where are you showing me the error of my ways? We all struggle at times. We all struggle with this at times. But we need to let people know that we have chosen to be a people of integrity and that we are a people who can be trusted, not because of who I am, but because of who he is that I've chosen to put my faith. And when I can go forth into the world and they can say, well, you claim to be a Christian. Man, and you're working extra hard. You're going the extra mile. You're saying this, you're doing that. And you messed up, but you asked for forgiveness. You are. And that's when you can say, I'm walking on the side that God would have me to walk on. We need to strive to watch our mouths. Watch the actions of our heart and our minds through our mouth. And get busy proving to the world. Because guys, the church is under attack. The media is doing everything it can to find every bad thing that's happened in every other church. And rather than say, this man chose, they'll say, oh, the church has done this. Or this man over here did this, or this man did that. And they are absolutely guilty and wrong. But instead of doing that, they'll say, and the church did this. And that's Satan. Doing what he's always done. We need to get out there into the world and tell the, the world, I choose to walk and live for Christ 
and then follow it up with our actions. We need to show the world, guys, that we indeed are worth more than that $10 talking dog that was lying all the time. We need to show the world that we choose to walk and to be that real Christian that's more than just word. We are one who wants to build up and encourage others, not tear down and rip them apart. So many times, unfortunately, we'll allow something somebody else does to get into our hearts and tear us down. And instead of just praying about it and going to the Lord, we'll speak to that person or those around them about that person. And we should be stopping and saying, Lord, thank you that my life's not based on him, her, or that, or this, but it's based on you. Because the more we base our lives on who he is, the more what everybody else does is inconsequential. Just doesn't matter to me. Well, you know, uh, that they can do this and they can do that. They can do nothing that my God does not allow. Therefore, I choose to serve the Lord. This morning, how can you do that? How can you be that person so that if the Ephesian church was to come up to you and they were trying the apostles... Would they see that your words are edifying and glorifying and building up? Or would they see that your words are words that tear down and destroy and hurt other people? That's something only you can answer, really. Others can maybe answer, but you know when you look in the mirror who you are. And it's at that point you can say, Father, forgive me. Give me the strength to quit hurting others and talking about others. And give me the strength and the heart to go back to being what you want me to be. I want to walk your path. Now, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, then every one of those lures, as Pat was showing you earlier, that Satan throws out is going to hook you. And pretty soon you're going to get so many hook marks that eventually you're going to be thrown into the fire. Satan's only going to let you spit the hook so many times. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's first and foremost. You need to go to him and say, Father, I am a sinner in need of your grace. And then he might flip a switch and you immediately lose these habits. But usually it's a day by day by day growth process. Daily going to him, say, Father, show me how to tweak this a little bit more. Show me how to contain my mouth. Do you remember what James said? He said, our tongue is our worst enemy. It's the hardest to contain. It's evil. But isn't it great that my God is bigger than my tongue? So if I give my tongue to the Lord, then when I go to speak bad or ill about somebody else, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to feel that tongue tug to the side. And I'm going to shut my mouth. And pretty soon I'm going to get tired of that tongue being tucked to the side. And I'm going to start doing it on my own. And what do you know? There's a habit that's forming. And before long, people are going to say, man, you act just like you speak. And then you can say, but it's not an act. It's Christ through me. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's first and foremost. If you do know him today and you realize I'm that one. I'm that one that's been buying into the, to the tearing people down. Rather than lifting them up. I'm the one that's been starting the rumors and the gossip. Rather than just speaking truth. I'm the one 
who tends to get wrapped up in the lies and the cheating and the stealing because I thought that was the way the world was. Folks, that is the way the world is. But he said, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, daily praying unto him. You can change that right now by giving your heart fully unto him. Will you do that this morning? Let's not bear false witness any longer. Let's go out into the world, and when people see folks from Sutherland Springs, they'll say, those aren't just people who go to church. Those are people who truly have a relationship with their Lord. And as we sang a while ago, you may think you can't do this, but he is the way maker. He is the chain breaker. He is the one that can lift you up and put you right where he wants you to be if you will turn all of your body parts over to him, including your mouth. That's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. If Jesus is speaking to you this morning, I pray that you will listen to what he has to say to you and you would follow through and act through. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're saying, well, this isn't the right kind of message, there is no right kind of message. It's Jesus speaking to your heart right where you're at. And are you listening? Are you listening? Father, I come before you again right now and I thank you for this opportunity we have to to open your word and see that that word liars is in there and they're not of you. And in fact, even back into the commandments, you tell us not to bear false witness, to speak truth, to speak honesty, to choose grace and mercy in life, for the father of lies is not where we want to be. Help us to become become that people, daily growing closer to you. And Lord, I do pray for those that aren't here today those that are in the hospital, those who are ill, those who are on their, the motorcycles out in that other church. Lord God, may you take that message to them, whatever it is you would have them to hear. But may each one of us, everyone that, that's going to go back to watch this video, every one of us that's in here right now, may we truly make the commitment today, wherever we are, to quit just saying that we're Christians and be what you called us to be. And that starts with our mouth. It starts with us giving our spirit over to you and then controlling our mouths. Father, I pray your will to be done in the hearts of your people this day. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As Chris leads us, if God's telling you to sing, then sing. If he's telling you to come to this altar, come to this altar. If he's telling you to come pray on your knees, if he's telling you to come to Ray or myself, come and Let us pray with you, but guys, let's get our hearts where they need to be this day. And let's do what God's called us to do, to go out into the world, to be the Christians he called us to be. Chris? Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain, free to all of me. In the cross, in the cross.
sermon at all but he's speaking to you directly the problem is still in the cross go to the Lord as much as I would love to be able to pray you through it and out of it as much as Ray would love to do the same it's Christ who does it and isn't it great that he loved us enough that he gave you a direct line right to him go to him share with him and say, Lord, I keep failing miserably in this spot. But thank you, you love me anyway, and you're going to pick me up, dust me off, and put me back where I need to be. And he'll do it if you mean it. Amen. Well, it's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you. Continue to lift all those up who are in prayer. Uh, those that need to be in the meeting in a little bit, I want to encourage you to stay and be a part of this quick meeting in a little bit. But guys, most of all, take Jesus with you. He's not just trapped in this building. Let others see Christ in you 
everywhere you go. Amen? Amen. Good seeing you this morning. Brother Ray, you want to close this, brother?